Hi, I'm Maha Bulanane, and you're listening to Savvy Talk. Welcome to our special Ramadan series brought to you by Do Business called Inspiring Growth, where we're celebrating entrepreneurs and innovators who share their personal stories to help others learn valuable lessons. Today, I'm joined by Mark Azim, founder and owner of Back to Games, Game Inox, and partner and director of the Board Game Spaces Distribution. His passion for board games made Mark pivot from being a pilot to becoming an entrepreneur. After traveling the globe for more than 18 years as a pilot, Mark launched Back to Games in 2015. Back to Games served thousands of gamers and non-gamers alike while pioneering the tabletop shopping experience. Then, in 2017, he went on to partner with Board Game Space to make board and card games more accessible to the region by translating the most renowned games into Arabic and supplying its products to both hobby stores and mass market chains across the Middle East. And finally, earlier this year, he founded Gameinox to help spread gaming beyond people's homes through team building and employee empowerment activations to schools, universities, and create the first tabletop gaming convention in the Middle East. We talk about his pivot to entrepreneurship and why he believes so strongly in the power of board games and what his favorite board game is of all time. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hi, Maha. How are you? Good. Ramadan Kareem. Ramadan Kareem to you as well. We're at the home stretch. We're at the final 10 days of Ramadan. How does it feel? It feels uh, good. I'm not really here to notice it much, but <laughs> it feels good nonetheless. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your journey. I'm fascinated by what you do and um, your passions and your story. I want to dive in. So you were an, you were an airline pilot for 18 years and you made the transition into entrepreneurship and gaming. Tell us a little bit about that path and how did you get there? So I started about maybe eight years ago, eight years ago, April 2015. Um, it was something just as a passion project is what it started as. Uh, it was meant to be a small kiosk and that's what it began with. And then it just ended up growing and growing and a lot of people came towards it. It built communities and it uh, just became something a bit out of control at this point. So this is the reason why I've decided to pursue it full time and uh, leave flying after the 18 years that I've been flying. I have another month and a bit to go. You have three companies. One of them is called Back to Games. One's called Board yeah. Game Space and one's called Game Inox. So why gaming? Right. What's the interest behind games, board games? Uh, well, gaming has been something which has been a fascination of mine since I was very young. Um, I used to video game and board game as well with my mom was a big time when I was younger. Um, I just think escapism is something which is very much entrenched in humanity. Um, I've decided to choose the medium of board gaming to escape. Some people choose different uh, escape methods, I guess. And it's just a place that you can just let your imagination be free and uh, enjoy other worlds and, and enjoy company of other people and socialize with them. I think it's a really great medium for that, actually. How did you do that? Or how do you build three successful businesses? They all have different purposes. I think that's the reason why they all under the umbrella of, of tabletop gaming, as we call it. Uh, the first one is Back to Games, which is what I started with, which was the retail one. Uh, it still is uh, here till now. Three shops have been open since. Um, and the second one, Board Game Space, that you mentioned is a distribution hub. So it's basically meant to distribute games uh, to Back to Games and other uh, companies as well that would carry games, uh, be they uh, stores like Virgin Mega Stores, for example, Hamleys, Toys R Us, etc., uh, that are known uh, to have these types of products. And of course, to the region as well. And it has another uh, point to it that it uh, also localizes games to Arabic. So it tries to bring games to the Arabic population um, in, uh, by, by translating the rules and translating the box uh, and, and all that and getting that ready uh, in a mass uh, scale. 
And then the third company, Gaminox, which I just literally founded about a month, uh, what, about a week and a half ago. Uh, this one is meant to target corporate, uh, corporate uh, and uh, university type establishments. So we would bring gaming into uh, corporate fields or corporate areas uh, or companies, and we would uh, team build and activate and uh, team uh, basically employee empower using gaming uh, as the medium as well. So I'm trying to hit three different um, uh, parts of the industry, if you wish. And Gaminox will also be in charge of all events that we will be doing. How did you think about educating people in the market about the importance of board games, especially bringing the most popular ones and Arabizing them? It's actually been a difficult journey. It's been quite an uphill journey. Uh, a lot of people tend to know games like Monopoly, Scrabble, Clue, Risk. They're very old games, uh, 70, 80, 90 years old in some cases. And uh, they are games which are very long. Uh, they can be quite aggressive in how you eliminate people, like in Monopoly, for example. Uh, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to change that uh, perspective on gaming, which is long and um, not so challenging, but more like eliminating each other and bringing it into the modern day, which is very, very different. So games that have come out now are a lot more inclusive with people there. You have cooperative games where you play against the game itself, for example. You have other games where you kind of build your own little world and then you're all challenging each other on the, on the, on the board itself. So, um, it's, it's been very uphill because a lot of people don't know this, uh, this new version. Everyone comes saying Scrabble Monopoly and they come looking for these again. And so what we're trying to do, the company and everyone in it is we're trying to switch that over to the modern way of gaming, which I I think is a lot more exciting, a lot more interesting. And how are you doing that? Uh, by showing them demos. So one big thing that we do is we have demos in all our stores that are, that are available. We have about 80 to 100 games uh, that people could just try for free uh, on our tables because all of our stores have tables. And then if they're interested, they can buy it. Uh, we can get uh, people to come with their families. We activate them. We have board gaming days as well at the store uh, where they can come and enjoy different kinds of board games too for free. Um, and uh, there's a lot of now board game cafes in UAE. There's been about maybe nine or eight that have opened up since I opened back to games, um, which is really great. So that's really educating the community and it's, uh, you know, making society game a lot more. Uh, but I think the target is always to try to let them physically play it and not just tell them about it because that really makes a big difference. And how do you convince people to spend time playing games, board games, when they could be spending time doing things on their phone. Like you're really trying to bring that physical aspect of spending yep. time around an actual tabletop. Um, I think there's an innate interest and curiosity in board gaming. We've been doing it for thousands of years. The phones have only been around for about maybe 30, let's say, or 20 when it comes to the level that they are at now to game as heavily on. Um, so I think that there is that fascination there. It is inbuilt, it is ingrained, it has been there for a long, long time. And I, that's what I usually try to tap when I speak to someone or when, or any of our team do that. Um, and it's just the idea that you get the socialization aspect happening. It's really different than a phone or a PlayStation or anything else uh, that would be more electronic or screen-based. Um, and I think this is really what gets people uh, in line. Uh, once they experience it the first time, they tend to get addicted quite quickly and they can, can they keep going. So you wanted to make the goal of making modern board game, modern board and card games more accessible to people in the region by Arabizing some of the most popular titles that people know, which is a big mission. So why was that important to you to do that? Um, it's more for, re for reaching out to people that maybe will not be able to read English comfortably or would not really understand rules in English. Some of the games are a bit heavier as well. They have components that are written in English all over the, the, the board or the cards. So uh, I think that that would be one, the first uh, respect why I would do that. The other thing is, uh, would be to actually respect the cultures here. I mean, we are in a different, you know, we're not in the West here where a lot of these games do come from. I think it's important that we also bring this to the East and then we bring it to our cultures here, the Arabic culture that we have and our language. 
And then the third thing would be whenever you tend to, from a more business uh, way, whenever you tend to localize a game is what we call it when we bring a game into Arabic, you tend to make a permanent partnership with the publisher of the game. You bring a lot of units in and then you get exclusivity for the region, uh, for the GCC normally, and then we would be able to distribute the game all around the region here and have claim to it. So nobody else would be able to come and take it from us and we would be building the brand for them. Did you wake up saying, I want to be an entrepreneur? Like, how did you, because you have a full-time, you had a full-time job. Not at all. You switched <laughs> jobs. Like, so how did you become an entrepreneur and start a company or several companies? In all honesty, I have, I had no idea what I was doing in the start. I just kind of went by passion. It was purely that. Uh, I'm a very, I'm a technical person. I'm a pilot. So my brain is very technical oriented. So some, obviously some of those skills and the leadership skills specifically were, you know, uh, able to be superimposed into my businesses. But, um, but I did not ever think it was going to be that. I really thought it was going to be a small project, which I was going to just stay as a kiosk, but just the, the, the the reciprocation of the people and people and the demand that was coming uh, and the interest and the people I was meeting specifically got me to really want to do a lot more than what I was doing and just keep growing it to a point where now it's not sustainable to do everything together uh, for one person. So, and now I mean, you're of course, be... there's a whole team with me. I'm fascinated by the team building, the entrepreneurship part of, of having mm -hmm. corporate cultures, thinking about gaming as a way to build culture. Talk to me a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Why did you think that there was a market for that, especially after working remotely in a post-pandemic world. Exactly that. So you brought it up. That was my first point. The fact that we're back into, we're, we're into a new post-pandemic world um, has changed a lot of things. Uh, I've realized a lot of colleagues, including, you know, some even back where I work uh, before, uh, is um, that people have been a bit disconnected, uh, not a bit, sometimes in some cases a lot. I've heard from my friends in Canada back home and other countries as well that I, I, I meet and I go to that the, the work culture has totally changed post-pandemic. Uh, and I think that gaming would be a very good way to kind of rebuild those bridges again amongst employees and amongst uh, the managers and their employees, for example, even all the way up to a CEO level and try to get them to come around at something fun, not too dry, not too boring. And at the same time, they can all experience it at an equal level and enjoy it. I really believe uh, in companies, equality is very, very key. I run my companies in that way. Although we all have different positions and different responsibilities, I really think that everybody being able to be heard and to communicate is absolutely key to any company's success, be it mine or anyone else's. And I think gaming really has an amazing way of doing that. I love that. Quick rapid fire do's and don'ts. Uh, do's and don'ts are going to say like a topic and you say the do's of that and don'ts. Okay. So do's and don'ts okay. of board games. Don't play old board games. Try new board games always. <laughs> do's and don'ts of entrepreneurship. Don't disrespect your team. Always make sure that you're and always be with your team 100% and listen to your team. Communication all the way. 100%. I love that. Do's and don'ts of building a community. You must build a community. Do that. It's a really good thing. And uh, don't ever ignore, let's say, don't ignore um, whatever they may be telling you or whatever feedback they give you. You must be an open book to feedback, I think. Okay. Do's and don'ts of managing team members. Do manage with emotional intelligence, I would say for sure. And don't manage based on what you think is always right and listen to others. You saw an opportunity in the market that wasn't tapped in the region and recognizing Correct. is one thing, but actually doing something about it is the secret sauce or the secret story. What did you do that was essential in transforming yourself from a dreamer to a doer? I had to learn a lot. Because <laughs> again, I entered this without any kind of business management capabilities. I didn't, I didn't study business management or anything like that. My background is political science, so nothing to do with any of this. Um, I think it's just, I mean, again, luckily, like you said, the, the area did not have anything much with this uh, field. 
let's say, or in this domain, um, and just purely driven by passion. Uh, getting the right PRO was a big one for me. I think getting the right person to be able to do all the legal stuff that is actually quite complex, can be. Back then it was more than today. Today all of it's online now. Uh, that was a very critical thing and definitely having uh, staff members you can rely on from the first day that you're going to build, of course, yourself because you know the world much more than they do, but the loyalty and the honesty that they would provide you is absolutely key to uh, to you know building a success uh, a story that will be a successful story or a successful business. Uh, the two first employees that I had, which I call team members, I don't like the word employee. The team members that I've had are still with me till now, oh, the first wow. two eight years later. So that is something that is I think very very important. That's yeah. true. So at what point did you consider your business a success? That's a good one. I think I would say when the second branch opened, because now it's become a branch. It's become a, a like. It's not really a mid-sized company, but it's become a bigger than one small store company. So everything basically doubled, staff doubled, or team members doubled. Uh, and it was in Dubai. The first one was in Abu Dhabi. So obviously, when you go into Dubai, things just go much faster and much bigger. Uh, so uh, I think that was when I really felt like, okay, there is something here. And there could be a third store, even a fourth, who knows, maybe even a franchise in the future. What would you tell your younger self or any advice to young entrepreneurs who have an idea and want to make the leap and, and, and jump into entrepreneurship if they have an idea or passion like you did? I think always go for it. Um, you have one life to live. I really think that, and what I'm doing now, even at this next step in my life is a huge risk, but I think you just have to go with it. If you really believe in it 100%, that positive energy you're gonna emit in your belief is gonna definitely attract the right people to you, the right clients to you, uh, the right uh, staff members, team members to you, whatever it is that you, that you need to actually build this this uh, this project that you that you're after. Couple last questions and onto the fun stuff. Sure. Actually, so my favorite board game that we play with my family is categories. What are some oh, of your yeah. favorite <laughs> board games and why? So I, there's one game that I've always loved called Stone Age. Um, this game, basically, you're a leader of a Stone Age tribe and you have to feed and you have to hunt and gather. You have to uh, build huts and you have to basically, you get victory points by doing all these things and, and building your little kind of teeny weeny civilization. And each one of you builds your own on your, on your board and you're trying to get to the highest victory points. So that game, I discovered it maybe back in 2014 or 13 maybe even 2012, and it really, really surprised me. It's beautiful uh, to look at, and the storyline was really interesting, and I really felt I was in that time, you know, back, you know, thousands of years ago, and I love history. So that was a game for me that actually, I would say is one of the, f the reasons why Back to Games almost exists. But when I was younger, I'm not gonna say three board games, I'm gonna say three types of gaming. When I was younger, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, which has oh, always been my favorite tabletop classic. experience by far. Because you imagine all the world and it's absolutely an incredible experience if you have a good dungeon master. And the other one would be Magic the Gathering, which is a game that we play one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, basically, it's a, card, a trading card game. And each person is what we call a planeswalker, like a wizard from a different realm. And then they battle each other out. So this is a player elimination game in, in its respect. Do you always yeah. win? Uh, no. No, I, there are some really powerful, very uh, intellectual gamers that I know, which are very difficult to win. We actually say that we unlock them when we win them because they're so rarely, it's so rare that they, that they win. Usually people that are very strong in numbers and mathematics tend to win, uh, you know, constantly. A lot of, uh, of the gaming is all about number crunching, especially the heavier level games that we play. Um, but it's not all about winning. It's really about the experience. And sometimes even you have small wins in a, in a game, but not actually win the game because like small things happen in the game that make you really excited and the, and the other people, you know, excited with you. And that's really, that's really the fun part of it for me. It's the experience more than the winning. Yeah. It's all about the experience more than winning. Last question. Some 100%. games that people should play during Ramadan. Let's give them some recommendations. We got the expert right oh. here. 
Wow, okay, so games during Ramadan. There's a game called Seven Wonders that I personally love. If you want a bit more on the higher level of the gateway gaming or like the more astute gaming, this is really, really fun. You're building basically one of the seven wonders of the world. Uh, and there, it can go up to seven players, so it's nice for a bigger family. Uh, a simple game that I really love is called Spot It. It's one of our best sellers. It's very simple. It's a card matching game. I would definitely recommend that uh, families if or maybe kids that want to get together with their families would play that. Um, another game that I would play would be thematically is Alhambra. This is a game that we have, which you're basically building the Palace of Alhambra yourself. Each person's building their own palace, and you're getting victory points depending on how you build the walls and how you build the structures in the palace. It's not too difficult a game, but it has a very interesting mechanic with its, uh, with its uh, type of money that you use in it. And then maybe I'd say the last game that I would recommend would be a game that I also love called Splendor. Uh, this is one of our other best-selling games too, uh, where you're collecting gems and you're trying to get discounts to get to higher gems and then basically build the most beautiful jewelry for the nobility. And you get victory points by doing that. So there are four very different themes, as you've seen. They're, they all have different uh, mechanics and how they play. And this is just literally the, the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Mark Azam, thank you so much 100%. for joining us today. Thank you very much as well, It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to our Ramadan series brought to you by Do Business. We'll have a new episode out in just a few days, so follow us on your podcast app so you get the alert when it drops. Do, 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 do.